we welcome you into another episode of OESA's Automotive Insiders. I'm Jason Stein, president of Motor Minds and host of SiriusXM's Cars and Culture on Business Channel 132. There is no larger project underway in the telecom space than the transition to 5G. It's a critical component in the new manufacturing environment where technology will lead the way on the shop floor and in supplier development. There's also a computer vision for smart manufacturing that will allow for asset optimization and a whole new pathway for the industry. In concert with that change, there are projects underway in some unique spaces that will optimize those learnings. And one such place is deep in the heart of South Carolina, where the university is playing a critical role in understanding 5G, turning the possible into the practical and the theoretical into reality. Today, in the first part of our two-part interview, we discuss both worlds from the perspective of two individuals who are leading the way. Daniel Davenport is principal in the auto sector at Capgemini, and he's working with John Ward, industry solutions consultant at the University of South Carolina's Office of Innovation and Economic Development. In part one of our interview, Daniel and John talk about 5G and the work that's going on in the labs at USC. It's this week's episode of OESA's Automotive Insiders. Well, what a pleasure to have both gentlemen on the show today. Daniel Davenport, it is good to have you on Automotive Insiders. How are you? Great to be here. Thanks so much. Doing great today. Thank you. Great. Thank you, Daniel. And joining Daniel is John Ward. John, how are you? I'm great. Thanks for letting me join today. Well, uh, thank you. And I think we're about to have a lively conversation. Um, 5G and the computer vision for smart manufacturing and asset optimization. Daniel, I want to start with you. Why is 5G important in a manufacturing environment? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I think as, as we continue to see more and more devices uh, and newer equipment come into the uh, manufacturing environment, 5G is just going to make a lot of good sense uh, for flexibility, uh, and placement, uh, for having augmented workers get the information they need, and for the low latency and high, high bandwidth uh, applications that we're going to be talking about today, especially around computer vision. How much, let me just stay with you for a second, how much has changed over the course of the next year, and what do you anticipate changing going forward? Yeah, I think what we've seen in the past, and in, in past meaning the last couple of years, is uh, some proof of concepts and some some you know, small-scale investigation of 5G in the manufacturing environment. I don't really think we've seen those scale up, and I think it's been due to a lack of you know, definable ROI to justify the investment, but also due to a lack of devices um, that are 5G-enabled. And I think, again, we're going to talk about you know, how this computer vision uh, capability that, that John and his team have been developing at their lab is going to really solve both of those uh, issues and provide a clear path, not only of value, but of you know, long-term benefit uh, for 5G installations, private 5G in the manufacturing environment. So John, let's get to that. Tell me a little bit about the lab and some of the projects that you're working on right now. Okay, I'll do that. You know, the purpose of the lab is, um, you know, a lot of times you hear about art of the possible. Well, what we're doing, what we're trying to do is say, are the possible to the practical. So when you come to our lab, we have all the technologies there. We have Yashkal robots, KUKA robots, assembly lines, all sorts of equipment. Siemens is one of our partners, Capgemini, IBM, AWS. And so what we're doing is we're 
taking those theoretical solutions and making them practical. So they're consumable by the everyday industry, uh, everyday customer. And so you talk a lot about 5G, and what we're doing is we're actually building out real live use cases, connected robots, the drones, the healthcare, that people can come in, see it, touch it, but more importantly, learn how to do it themselves so they can take it back and implement. So again, taking the art of the possible and making it practical is what we're really focusing on in that lab. And what have you learned in your transition from the art of the possible to the art of the practical? Taking it from theoretical to, to practical, I, I can imagine you, you are, the education level is really high here. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of moving parts. I mean, when you start looking at 5G and how you implement a network and the speed performance, tying it together with like all the traditional equipment, we've seen like PLCs, controllers, robots, and there's a lot of work there to make it happen. And it's, it's a lot of effort, and it's also a lot of risk, because if you think about a, a regular industry or a business out there, how do they do that? I mean, who's going to sign up to go, hey, first of a kind, let me put 5G in my manufacturing. That's a really big leap, and it's a risk for a person to invest in that. So that's one of the reasons Verizon is working with us, too, is we're actually going, and, and in a university environment, look, if our robot goes down or we lose some production, on that's no problem. It's a place to learn and fail and get smart. And so what we're building is those templates, best practices for how you implement this use case so that they can pick it up and go put it in production. And that really, it really, that's why Verizon's there too, because like I said, there's, there's not only uh, effort, cost, time, learning, but risk when a company tries to do this in their environment. We're trying to make that easy for them. So that's really when we talk about are the, are the possible to practical is really what we're focused on. Building those templates, building reusing models that, that customers and people can come and pick up and go implement the next day in their facilities. All right, so let's talk about implementation. Daniel, you alluded to it earlier, how you apply computer vision within the context of 5G in a manufacturing environment. Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, sure. So, so computer vision is, is exactly what it sounds like. It's using computers to look and inspect at uh, really anything. But in this case, uh, we're talking most often about quality uh, control and manufacturing. So think about if a, if a, a part or a piece is hooked up right uh, in the assembly line. Now, being able to see that and automate the quality process is a huge improvement over, over just standard uh, human inspection, right? They can go fast, they don't get tired, they don't get distracted. So that kind of quality uh, control for manufacturing is, is really important to get to uh, you know, understanding and catching defects early. When we talk about 5G element, you know, what we're really talking about, like John is saying, is de-risking some of these early use cases while it's still uh, a new capability and a new technology. So, for instance, um, you know, John's got a bunch of iPhone Pros, right? That's the capture device. Well, you wouldn't normally think about that being in an industrial, you know, hardened uh, factory uh, use case, but here we are. And it turns out that the iPhones were great as, as 5G capture devices because they've already got, you know, the 5G chip, they've got a high resolution camera using, like John was uh, referencing, using Verizon's managed service, you can deploy a bunch of these devices and not have to worry about, you know, a con consumer type capability of people, you know, downloading different apps, but they're just single purpose for this and, and it gets to a real clean system for capture 
and then monitoring and analysis to, to see those defects early in the process. So Daniel, what can suppliers learn as they're considering uh, making sure that quality control is, is at its highest level while de-risking? What, what are suppliers who are listening to this program, what should they be most concerned about? Well, that's a fantastic question. I'd love to get John's opinion on that too. But I think that, again, it's the ability to run you know, near real time, near continuously to catch defects as they happen and to be able to, to fix and prevent those defects from, from going on down the line. John, let's get your yeah, view. And, and I'll jump in. Yeah, I'll jump in there with Daniel. I mean, the, the whole vision we're talking about using the iOS devices, an edge device, because I helped de- develop that uh, for the IBM content, is that it's, it's, it's detecting correct in the station. So it's like no fault forward. Uh, I remember one of the head of engineer one auto companies told me, he said, John, with two robots, six months, and $2 million, anybody can build an inspection system. What we're looking at with you is the ability to literally walk in in the morning, look at the defect report on third shift, pick out the top two or three defects they're having, and actually resolve that problem in a day. Uh, have that kind of immediate impact because like in the auto industry, you know, tech times 45, 55, 60 seconds. I mean, you don't have six months to go build a traditional visual inspection system like you used to. You need something you can have immediate impact. And actually that's what we, that's what Daniel and I are doing. You see it in the lab is we can literally walk in and build a model in a day or in hours and put that in production so that we can detect that defect, generate an alert and give that operator on the floor the ability to correct in station so it doesn't go further down the line. So that's immediate impact on production. And we've done enough of these that literally we have seen ROI for these type systems in like weeks or a week. Uh, it's, that, it's that incredible now in response to defects. That's this episode of Automotive Insiders. Remember to follow the program wherever your favorite podcast appears. And thanks again to Daniel Davenport, Principal in the Auto Sector at Capgemini, and John Ward, Industry Solutions Consultant at the University of South Carolina's Office of Innovation and Economic Development. And thanks for listening to OESA's Automotive Insiders. I'm Jason Stein. We'll talk to you again next time. <laughs>